Hey everyone, this is Opposing the Matrix. I'm doing a special uh, Thursday night show. A few things on my mind that I want to share. So I figured, what the heck, you know. I don't have anything to do tomorrow, except an appointment, a, a doctor's appointment. But, you know, hey, uh, let me just... Okay, there we go, nice and straight. Uh, went to the store today and ordered some new glasses. So I'm going to... I'm finally breaking down and putting on bifocals. Um, they're transitions, but they're still bifocals. And uh, I never thought I'd see the day when I would start wearing bifocals. But, you know, I guess you get old. <laughs> That's all there is to it, you know. Um, so uh, what do I want to talk about today? Well, a variety of things. But I want to start out with talking about, well, well first of all, to recap, what their show we had the other day. We had a show... Um, where we talked about uh, this COVID, whole COVID thing is getting to be like a cult now with these people. Um, and after we made the show, um, you know, I posted it to Rumble. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever posted the Rumble, but after you post to it, it shows it. And then all of a sudden on the right, there's a whole bunch of things that kind of pertain to what you talked about. And and this link came up with this, this gal who is very knowledgeable. She's a lawyer in... Um, in central Ohio, Columbus, I think. And uh, her name is uh, Pam Popper. Can't forget that name, right? Pam Popper. Okay. So, um, anyway, she uh, was talking about the fact that she's um, introducing, she's, I guess, starting lawsuits all over, all the time, all over the place. And um, she's uh, getting together with some other lawyers and they're trying to, stop some of this insanity that's going out with the uh, the forced vaccinations and things like that so uh i listened to three the three um about the uh the cult that man she really lays it out nice i mean she uses other sources but she talks about what a cult is well how you can recognize a cult and then she breaks it down and shows each little point i go this way each little point where this COVID thing, and she calls them COVIDians, and I think that's a really good name. I was I was thinking of branch COVIDians. That way they'd know you were talking about a cult. Um, but um, so she laid that all out, and it was really neat, and she talked about uh, how to get people out of cults. And, you know, you just can't uh, talk them out of it. They have to be actually almost exercised like an, an exorcism you have to take them to a hospital a lot of times and and really get them worked on and things and a lot of therapy and so she was talking about oh, i mean it was the way she laid it out was great there's three there's um uh the covid cult more of the covid cult and even more of the covid cult um and that's on rumble you can find her there. I, I'll try to place uh, the first one, the link to it, on um, on the uh, description of this show, okay? And then you can follow it and, and check her out. Um, anyway, it was really good, and I really enjoyed it. And then she just kind of backed up everything that we talked about and even went a lot farther. So if you want to you know, get a primer on how much this uh, Corona thing is like a cult. I would, I would just tell you to go to rumble and look up uh, Pam Popper. Uh, it comes up real fast too, when you do that. And uh, I even liked her on there so I can get all of her stuff all the way. Um, there's another guy on, um, he's on rumble. 
Oh, man. He's a rabbi. And he's pretty knowledgeable about this stuff. And uh, he's one of the few rabbis in Israel um, that wants to speak out. There's a lot of them that are anti-vaccine, um, but you got to realize that uh, the older rabbis, the ones that are there, are, are um, have a lot of prestige. And um, it's, well, I don't want to say it's like a cult, but, you know, you listen to those rabbis before you listen to the other ones because they're supposedly more informed and everything. But if they're anything like the rabbi I dealt with at um, Kabad.org, um, not so informed. Kind of like the old rhetoric all over again, over and over and over again. You're doing a good mitzvah if you get the shot because you won't make other people sick and you won't get sick, and that's a double mitzvah. <laughs> Do I hear a triple mitzvah, a quadruple mitzvah, you know? Uh, a mitzvah is a good deed, by the way, if you didn't know that. But um, so anyway, um, there's, oh, I wish I could remember them. I think it's aroots.com. Uh, I'll look it up and I'll try to get it to you either um, in the description or um, I'll, I'll give it to you. We're on um, Monday night. By the way, Gordy Tong is going to be on with us Monday night. He's going to have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um Gordy is never for a lack of information. I could speak. I, I pick up the phone and I go, hi, Gordy, how are you? And I just sit there and listen. And he asked me, have you heard this? Have you seen this? Have you heard this? Have you, and I, by the time I'm done with the telephone call, my brain's about ready to explode because he's filled it up so much with stuff that I hadn't heard before or confirms things that I have heard before. So it's been real interesting uh, to call him and uh I get real excited when I when it you know I'm on Skype or something and I I see that Gordy's call I'm like okay yeah um, there's been a couple times I've had to tell him Gordy I can't talk now man <laughs> gotta go somewhere and uh, and we don't get to talk but uh, I really like talking with the brother he's a really neat guy he really is um, loves Yeshua with all of his heart and all of his soul all of his mind all of his strength like we're supposed to. Uh, by the way, um, I'm wearing this MAGA hat, M-A-G-A. I got to learn to do things backwards uh, with this camera. But anyway, um, I was in, I, I can't remember where I was. I think I worked to work one day, and I kind of got rebuked by my supervisor. You know, you probably shouldn't wear that in here. That's a political statement, you know. But I said, okay. But, I, you know, I got the point across, and somebody asked me what it meant. Oh, is that a Trump hat? Is that a Trump hat? You know, and instead of, I can't work, I can't get in a fight, right? <laughs> so I said, no, it stands for Missoula Area Missoula Area Game Authority. It's from Montana. <laughs> it's camouflaged, right? So uh, they kind of bought that. And, um, you know, other, if it hadn't been at work, I would have really taken them on. It would It would have been a lot of fun, too, because a lot of these people, you can eat them up and spit them out. You know, um, because their cult really has no uh, substance to it. You know, it's it's all built on lies. Um, however, they would never realize that they were chewed up and spit out because they would leave the conversation thinking that they won. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Um, sorry, I click my pen from time to time. It's a habit I've developed over. As a matter of fact, I was sitting out when I was when I was working. I could say that now. I'll be retired on the first. Um, I was sitting out in the milieu one day and I was clicking my pen and I worked on a psych unit. One of the patients goes, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean? He says, I'm, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm clicking my pen. He goes, don't do that. It's, it's one of my triggers. And I went, okay. <laughs> so, 
I quick click in my pen because the last thing you want to do is set somebody off, right? Um, I am one for one. I'm glad that that is in the past. You know, it's it's no more. Um, you know, it wasn't a bad job. I really enjoyed doing it. It's when administration starts getting involved, and they starts. I was hired to be on a specific unit. Okay, I was hired in 2016 in May to be on a specific unit, and that was good for about a year. And then all of a sudden, they started saying, well, we're going to start floating people to other units. Well, I didn't sign up for that. I signed up to be on the less acute unit because I'm an older guy. I really don't want to get my butt kicked every day, which happens a lot of times in some of the more acute units. And um, I just I felt content and peaceful there, you know, and I got along with most, I'd say about 99% of the patients. You know, because I, I treated them with respect and dignity. You know, yeah, you're sick. That's true. But, uh, oh, man, these glasses here. Okay. So, um, anyway, they, they, you know, you give out respect. You get respect in most cases. There was a couple of times it didn't happen. But, you know, for the most part, people couldn't understand why I got along with these guys so well. Well, you, you get what you give out, you know. Um, and <clears throat> the Democrats should realize that. <laughs> You give out crap, you get crap, right? Although uh, conservatives are much nicer and usually don't give crap back. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, I was thinking today, yeah, I actually was thinking today, um, that uh, about excuses, you know? Because um, let me tell you, give you a little background. The um, uh, dominant heron. The dominant um Domin is uh, German for woman or girl. Um, Dominfuhrer, that would be a good name, Dominfuhrer or Kate Brown, uh, came out with a rule the other day that businesses and churches have to ask people if they've been vaccinated. I've yet to be to one business or church that's asked me that. I don't think anybody's honoring it. But um, that's that's crossing the line. I'm sorry. Um, And yes, I've gotten on here on this uh, radio show, and I've, I've told you the reasons why, I, you know, um, Torah adherent is one reason, and the Torah is a contract, and it, and it asks that everybody that observes it observe a contract uh, in all areas of life, and uh, the drug companies won't abide by a contract. They've made it to where um, they, don't, they can't be sued if the vaccine kills somebody. And I'm sorry, but there's a for every action, there's an equal, equal but opposite reaction, and we have a right to sue people if they mess with a, with our health. And um, so that's my own reason. And the other one is that they're putting uh, foreign organisms in my body and to change my DNA. And I'm sorry, but God created my DNA, and I'm going to keep it the way it is. Um, hook or crook, I'm going to keep it the way it is. And I'm not going to buy into that. Um, the Pam Popper I was talking about, she uh, was on and she says, you know, I haven't worn a mask to this whole thing. She says, if people don't like it, that's tough. If they won't let me in the store, I just won't go in there. I'll go somewhere else. And uh, I love her attitude about this whole thing. It was really great. She's like um, the Joan of Arc of the COVID crisis. <laughs> um, anyway, um so we we had mentioned on this show that um, when people ask if it's uh, if you're an inoculated or you've received the, the COVID vaccine, 
that you can claim that it's a HIPAA violation. And I found out tonight and confirmed it that that's wrong. Okay. HIPAA only applies, HIPAA stands for Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. Portability meaning when it, you know, your, your medical information goes from like an insurance carrier to a pharmacy or from a doctor to an insurance company. You know, usually it's faxed. Um, sometimes it's sent by email and you have to make sure it's a secure email. Believe me, I know about this. I've dealt with HIPAA most of my life, my working life, 35 years, um, out of 50. Um, so HIPAA is, is taken very seriously. Um, when, when this all started, uh, HIPAA was uh, enacted in 1996 and I was working in a pharmacy back then and nobody really took it seriously. Um, until about the year 2000, maybe 99 or 2000, um, and guess who got made the HIPAA officer and didn't have a say in it? Me. Um, and I was finding p- patient information being thrown in the garbage all the time. And it was hard being a HIPAA officer there because nobody wanted to listen. Even my best friend was throwing stuff in the garbage. <laughs> and uh, I said, you can't do that. Okay, okay. And then I'd look in his garbage. It's in the garbage. So finally had to go to my boss and say, you know, I really don't want to do this. But uh, once somebody's not being compliant, and um, I don't even know if he did anything about it. I don't think he did. But anyway, uh, so we started taking it serious around 99 or 2000. And um, uh, there are are stiff fines if you... (laughs) If you mess with HIPAA, I think it's all the way up to $25,000 or something like that. Anywhere from $100 to $25,000, you could be fine if you're in the medical field and you and you divulge HIPAA information. HIPAA information is anything about your health, anything that your health was, is, or could be, okay? Um, and they're really strict about it. Um, I really don't know anybody that's been sued uh, on a HIPAA under HIPAA, but um, I, I always took great care um, not, not throwing anything out like that, and that's why we had the big shred bins at work. You know, I even threw regular stuff in the shred bins, you know, that I thought might be a little sensitive. Um, I mean, it's to the point where, you know, if you're on a, if you're given meds at work or at my former job, oh, I can say that, that's so nice, um, in my former profession, um, if, if, if I was working on, on something, or I was on the computer, I was saying, um, giving out medications, and the screen was turned a little too much, some of the times the patients could see what I was, you know, had given to the last person or something. So I always made sure I turned that screen so they couldn't see it. And when I left the bedroom, and I was always turned it away, so it was like totally, there's no way they could see it. But even opening up charts in the nurse's station where there's windows right there, you know, um, I was really leery about it because anybody could look in there. And when you're dealing with psych patients and you have their file open and they look in there, a lot of times, oh, what's he doing? What's he doing? Why is he looking at my file? You know, and it could set somebody off. So I, it was really hard trying to <laughs> keep everything. And and the patients too, you know, when they would receive a, a gift from somebody, they just throw the, the mailing envelope in the garbage. I said, no, give that thing to me. I said, you know, nobody's, and if somebody called and asked her somebody, I, had, I always have to say I can either confirm or deny that that person's on this unit. You know, I said, um, a lot of times I acted like I was a float nurse and I didn't know. 
And I says, if they are, you know, you can you can call up on the patient phone. We had one on each hall. Um, we had three halls, but two phones. And uh, then they would call up and talk to another patient, and then the patient would say, oh, yeah, they're here. So, you know, we weren't violating HIPAA. Um, so HIPAA's, HIPAA's a tough uh, customer, <laughs> and you don't want to violate it. And uh, I never wanted to lose my nursing license. I never did. And, uh, and violating HIPAA is one easy way to do it. Okay, that's better. Um, okay, now there's another thing called the Americans with Disability Act. I want to go into all these definitions before I go into this article. And I got this article off of NPR, so if your libtard friends don't like it, Refer them to NPR because NPR is is like the main news source for 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 liberals and communists and socialists and leftists and progressives and you pick the you pick the name. Um, so I figured if uh, NPR posted it, um, it's uh, it's got to be listened to. NPR is like the god of the, the leftist media. And um, anyway, I got to look at my notes. Excuse me a second. Okay, that's uh, I got to see which what direction I'm heading in here. Um, sometimes I don't know whether I'm coming or going, or going or coming, or whatever. Um, so where are we going? Okay, so you with with Kate Brown's new edict, and that's what I call them. They're edicts. They're uh, they're bulls. Uh, that's an old term. Um, it's centuries old. Uh, bull was a um, I can think of the Unum Sanctum Bull that was put out by one of the popes that basically said the pope was infallible and had, you know, was God's representative here on earth. And um, so uh, her proclamation, her declaration, her uh, orders, whatever you want to call them, um, that a store or a church has, has to ask you if you've been vaccinated. Um, I don't think, well, you know, some of the more leftist churches will probably do the progressive church and um, the mainline churches um, that basically are government churches like the Soviet Union used to have. Um, they'll do it. But, um, you know, Pentecostals, Baptists, for the most part, um, Charismatics, um, you name it. I don't think many of them are going to do it, if any of them are going to do it, because that's, that's kind of crossing the line. You know, every time that you try to preach something out in the open, you got to hear about there's a separation of church and state, and you, I don't have to listen to this. Well, you can't have it both ways. I'm sorry. You can't tell me I can't tell you about Jesus or Yeshua, but then try to um, violate my rights to be able to worship him without government interference or, you know, uh, interference by people that are advocating for the government, which is just about everybody anymore. What happened to the generation, my generation, you know, that said, hey, you know, don't trust the government, you know, <laughs> now they're all part of the government, you know, they, they made a 180 degree turn, they're all part of the government, now you have to trust them. So they're hypocrites anyway, so what the heck, you know. Um, so anyway, um, She's come out with this edict, and I don't. Anyway, I wanted to instead of me just beating around the bush, let me just go to this NPR article. Let's see. Now I just got to find it. No. No, that's talking about HIPAA. We already talked about that. La 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 
If I didn't keep this, I'm not going to be in a good way here. You ever do that? You know, you want to keep something and then you forget where you are and you hit the, uh, the button to get out of it. Oh, NPR, there it is, right there. Red, black, and blue. Huh, that's interesting. That's their colors. Red, black, and blue. Blood and bruises. <laughs> um, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Anyway, they wrote an article, and they, when was it written? It was written May 7th, so it's not that old of this year. And uh, If you want to know what time, 3.44 p.m. Eastern Time. Okay, and it's written by Franz Kritz. Boy, that sounds like a Nazi name, doesn't it? He's working in the right place. Okay. And so he goes, he, here's a little description here. Each week we answer frank, fr frequently asked questions about life uh, during the coronavirus crisis. Uh, and then if you have a question you'd like, yeah, like he'd answer me. Um that's weird. His name is Goats and Soda at NPR.org. I don't know what that's, that means. Everything's got a significance, but that's bizarre. Okay, so let's let's go into this. Okay, and I'll go I'll go ahead and read. It's not a very long article, and it starts out. I'm vaccinated. Do I need to tell everyone who asked my status? And he starts out really right in a word. No. Legally, a vaccinated person is not required to share that information with everyone who asks, says Jennifer Piat or Piat, an attorney and research scholar at the Center for Public Health Law and Policy Health. Um, boy, does that got a liberal ring to it. Um, information may be deeply personal for some people, and they may choose not to share that information openly. There's no legal requirement that individuals must disclose their vaccination status publicly, Piat says, or to, or to all interested persons. An individual can set their own boundaries with respect to what information they are comfortable with sharing with others. That said, Piat says, vaccination information may be required in certain situations. For example, schools require information about childhood vaccinations for public safety purposes. Notice she said childhood vaccinations. That's not COVID. Okay. Uh, in addition, employers generally may be able to ask about vaccine status for safety and planning purposes, barring contrary state or local laws. The law, however, is still evolving on this issue. Earlier this month, the governor of Texas issued an executive order stating that the government agencies, along with private businesses and institutions that receive state funding, cannot require proof of vaccination from the public. Hallelujah. Uh, notes David Farber, um, in particular a partner in the Washington, D.C. office of law firm King & Spaulding, who specializes in food and drug and life sciences law. Barbara adds that Florida's governor also signed an order stating that such passports reduce individual freedom and would create two classes of citizens. He believes that time will tell how the law settles on, out this, question, this important question. Jennifer Piat um, points out that if you're asked, why haven't you had the vaccine yet, your answer could run afoul of the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA. Um, it, would, it would be a violation of the act because if you have a disability such as an immune system disorder that prevents you from taking a vaccine, the question would be, in effect, asking you to disclose a disability. Remember that when you're asked, okay? Um, and a disability can be any, asthma can be a disability. And I know lots of people have asthma. 
Um, one important clarification, says Piat, in the role of Health Insurance Portability Accountability Act of 1996, HIPAA, HIPAA prevents health care providers from sharing protected health information, but does not play a ro- any role in dictating whether an individual shares or does not disclose their own medical information, including vaccination status. So there you have it. And that, I read that on the HIPAA site, too, so it's, it's not NPR making it up. Um, it's true. Um, and then they go in to talk about the ethical ramifications of misrepresenting your vaccine status. In other words, like telling everybody you got the shot when you didn't. And, you know, that's unethical because you can get sick and and spread it around. But it doesn't mention that you can have the COVID shot and still get sick. See, so they, these things, these articles always have a little bit of a, or a lot of a leftist spin to them. Um so what about the other type of deception, a vaccinated person who won't reveal their status? Well, that's their, you know, I, I could see that um, because if they're if they're really shedding like people are saying, then they're um, <laughs> they're biological weapons with two on two legs, you know, and, and um, if I'm going to wear a mask for anything, it's going to be to protect me from them, even though it doesn't protect from the virus. At least it'll make me feel like I'm being protected. But um you know, I was, where was I? I was at church the other day and, um, Sunday and we had a meeting afterwards and, uh, and I met somebody new and I shook his hand. Yeah, we do that. Tough. You don't like it. But, um, so I shook his hand and, uh, and I remember thinking he just had told me he got the vaccine at both shots. And I tell you, <laughs> I might sound a little paranoid or something, but I didn't do anything with that hand. Um, I mean, in regard to touching my face or anything else until we got out of that class. And I immediately went into the bathroom and washed my hands for three minutes before we left. Um, uh, hey, that's a good, we should make a flag that's called don't shed on me instead of don't tread on me. Um, if you want to do that, you want to give me that one of those flags, that'd be wonderful. Um, it was funny. We were in a little town called Junction City the other day, and uh, you probably heard this on the last show because I think I brought it up. But there was a guy out there, and he looked like any guy, just like the regular American guy standing out there, T-shirt, jeans. And uh, he had an American flag in his right hand, and in his left hand he had a little sign that he wrote on some cardboard, and it said, um, Save the face. <laughs> And I'm like, well, free to face. That's what it was, free to face. And I'm like, hey, that is so good. You know, we and my wife and I, we were even laughing about that today. You know, what a good idea. Um, so anyway, in a nutshell, um, you don't have to tell anybody if you've received the vaccine, especially if you go into a store or go to a church. Um, I've thought, I've thought about ways to get around this, and uh, you can answer, yes, I've been vaccinated. Well, you're not saying that you were vaccinated for the COVID shot. You're just saying that you've been vaccinated. And a lot of us have. I've been vaccinated against polio, against measles, mump, and rubella, and the whole nine yards. And that should end it right there because they can't ask, what were you, when were you vaccinated or, or anything else like that? Or why were, why didn't you take the shot? Anyway, um, you know, there, there's ways to, to use words as a weapon or as a, as a shield, maybe that'd be a better way to put it. And, um, and you can say things. Uh, I mean, if they ask you, have you been vaccinated? You know, and like I said, you could say yes, or 
Now, if they said, did you have, have you gotten a COVID shot? I would say no. Now, I had a really nice experience today. I got to share with you. Let me minimize this. And um, a lot of you, or my, my Brian always says, hey, your bookcase looks like it's moving. That's not a real bookcase. I think you know that. But um, it's a it's a backdrop. And if I go like that, it looks like we're having an earthquake in Oregon. Um, so, oh, yeah. Okay, so, you know, I had to go shopping. We ran out of dog food today, and you don't want to run out of dog food. The dogs don't like that when it happens. And um, so I went down a little town called Sweet Home. They have a nice little store there, and I walked in. I, and I saw some guy coming out without a mask, and I went, okay, I'm going to do it. I am going to do it. And I kept my mask in my, my pocket. As a matter of fact, I got it right there, see, just in case an issue came up. Because I, I still have to test out this, yes, I've been vaccinated thing, but or I haven't. Um, but anyway, so I go in. I just walked into the store, and I got a cart, and I did my shopping. Nobody looked at me. Nobody said anything. Um, we live in kind of like a redneck country um, in this area, and I like it because people do what they want to do. Uh, you know, within the law, of course, but... Um, and you might say, well, the COVID, no, it's not a law. It's not a law. It's a declaration. And it's meant to expire. Laws are made laws and they're not meant to expire. Um, so let's clear that up right away. And uh, if you live in a state where the governor has declared a state of emergency, it's most likely so you can get federal funding. It's not because there's an actual emergency. Um, she declared, uh, you know, um, Domin Fuhrer um, Brown declared a uh, or moved all, like 11 or 15 counties up to extreme without really telling us why, except that, you know, there's been a, an increase in COVID cases and then kept it there for about a week and then lowered it back down. Well, what you don't know or what a lot of people don't know is that in that week's time, the government said, hey, we're going to give funds to to states that are still severely impacted by COVID-19. So, you know, she made the declaration, made it look worse. The state got the money, and then she she put everybody back down to high risk instead of extreme. So, you know, Kate Brown's no dummy when it comes to making money. Okay? And that's, that's all she's in office for, is to make money and to disperse it to her friends and to illegal aliens and and things like that. You know, I, I got to tell you something. Um, you know, when I, it still isn't um, firm yet um, as to any medical coverage that I'll have after I retire on the 1st. Um, as far as work is concerned, my my coverage ends because I didn't work in May. Um, but, so I've been looking around really hard. I've even gone to a, a market broker Um and it's it's a shame what they've done because if you're dirt poor, you can get um, really good insurance for nothing. Um, or if you're mar marginally poor and you have a lot of kids, you can get it. Uh, with us, it's just my wife and I, so we make make just a little bit too much money to get the uh, the incentives that the the um, poorer people get. 
and the rich people or the people that you know have a high income really don't need it um, they're either still covered or or they uh, they can afford hip um, cobra or something else so um, anyway it's going to be a rough road for a little while for us but uh, we'll get through that song says God will make a way when there seems to be no way he works in ways we cannot see he will make a way for me um, except us doesn't rhyme with okay anyway he'll make a way for us um, so it's it's just a shame because Obamacare requires you to have insurance or you know says that everybody can get insurance but when you when you're paying three hundred dollars a month and you have to fulfill a copay of fourteen thousand dollars before they'll start paying on anything that's that's not covered I'm sorry <laughs> And if you're on, you know, both of you are on Social Security and you maybe have a little bit of a pension coming in, which is what, you know, it's going to happen to us eventually, um, you know, you're sunk. So, whatever. You know, these are times when we're going to have to learn to trust on, um, to trust on Yeshua for everything that we need. And, uh, and that's what we're doing. You know, and he's a lot of times he's uh, he's worked miracles. Those eleven fifty nine and fifty nine second uh, miracles that he he's blessed me with. Um, so I've learned not to stress on stuff and uh, and know that he'll take care of it. Uh, anyway, so let's see. I told you that I went to the store today and I went maskless, and it felt really good. I didn't feel like a rebel. I felt like a, a person that was doing what was right. You know, I let's put it this way. When Democrats tell me to do something, it makes me want to do the opposite. Because Democrats, socialists, communists, progressives, whatever you want to call them, never, if they say they care about you, don't believe it. They care about themselves and they care about other Democrats. But even then, they don't even care about other Democrats. When you get down to the core of it, they care about themselves. Each one of them cares about themselves. And that's why they take up social issues, because after they do their good deed, they feel good about themselves. Okay? They don't do it for the poor. They don't, they don't do, do it for anybody else. But they feel, um, one, if they're just a regular person and not a politician, they do it to feel good. And two, if they're a politician, they get it. They do it to get votes. And um, so, you know, when, when Democrats and liberals and progressives and communists and socialists and stuff say... That they care about you. Um, we were in a, a pharmacy up in Portland, um, probably a couple months ago now, and because we had to go, we, I don't go to Portland on my own volition. Trust me, I would. If somebody told me I had to move to, to Portland, I'd probably commit Harry Carey. Um, not really, but that's how how much I feel about it. Um, so we went to the pharmacy after seeing the doctor. We had to pick up a script, and um, the guy that was sitting behind me had his mask down to where it was below his nose. And so this person of um, questionable sexuality, that's a good way to put it. Um, he comes up, and you'll know what I'm talking about when I do the the accent. He comes up and he looks at the guy and goes, mask up, mister. You know, and then, so the guy goes, who the hell do you think you are? I'm like, ooh, this is going to be good. There's going to be a fight in the pharmacy. Um, so 
he says, just a person that cares about your health. And see, he doesn't care about his health. He cared about voicing his opinion and having authority over another person. And so I, I was kind of getting steamed, you know. That just really ticked me off. It pissed me off. Let's put it that way. And so I started to get a little loud. I was talking to my wife, and I go, I go, that guy's a, well, I'm not going to say the word, but it ends with whole. And um, yes, and I'm not the, the pious person that everybody thinks that I am. I, I try to be, but, you know, there's times, and I, I'm sure all of you realize, too, there's times when you just have to speak your mind. Uh, you got to let it out or it, it'll stay inside and fester. And um, so my wife goes, shh, he heard you. And I go, that's what I want to happen. I want him to hear me. And I said it again. And he never turned around because now he had two people that he'd have to deal with. And they don't like it when they have to deal with more than one person. One-on-one, libtards are really good at making people feel guilty and hurting their feelings. But if you got one libtard and two conservatives, usually they won't say anything. Or if they're in a a busy market or something like that, they'll pretty well keep quiet. I mean, I was really surprised that he said something in a pharmacy. But this is Portland, and, you know, that's libtard central, and they they control everything up there. and if you're bothered by me saying libtard, then uh, think about what it means. They're liberals and they're socially retarded. And that's what libtard means. So uh, anyway, um, so where am I going with this? Okay, so uh, we talked about the cult thing. And I told you about Pam Popper. And I hope you go and, and listen to her stuff because it's excellent. Um, but... Um, Okay. Now, you know, we were talking about cults yesterday, and Pam Popper talks about cults, and I, th- I think it's awful, well, it's it's expected, actually, when you know what liberals are, you expect this kind of behavior, but um, there was a little thing back in uh, the 1990s called, um, called Waco, the Branch Davidians, and... Um, from what I can gather, David Koresh, although I don't agree with his beliefs or his methods, he wasn't hurting anybody. You know, that now there was these, all these rumors that he was sexually abusing people, but that was that was never proved. That was hearsay. Um, and if you talk to some of the Branch Davidians or listen to them talk, they'll say, no, that never happened. You know, and they're not lying. Why would they lie? You know, they, they're they not really with that... that um, they call it a cult. I guess you could. Um, they're not with that cult anymore. Or if they are, they you know most of them will lay low because of what the government did. The government went in there basically and murdered a bunch of people. Um, so back then, it was the government would would try to do things to churches and stuff like that. You know, oh, they're cults, and you know you can't listen to them. You know, they'll influence you and they'll brainwash you and everything else. And that's what cults do. But I don't think David, he might have been a cult, but at the same time, you know, a lot of people could look at um, Pentecostalism or the charismatic movement. Well, the charismatic movement in many ways is a, um, does manifest cult-like behavior, um, especially with their doctrine. But um, Pentecostalism, uh, evangelicalism, uh, fundamentalism uh, are just people that want to worship and be left alone. <laughs> And, uh, but a lot of people, you know, call Christianity a cult, you know, and at the beginning, um, of Christianity, it was, it was considered a cult by the Romans, especially they thought it was an offshoot of Judaism. And that's why, uh, for the most part, they left Christians alone. It's, 
Yes, there were persecutions of Christians, but it was usually instigated by people that lived around the Christians. Uh, if the Christians pissed off somebody or got somebody mad, um, they, then they would turn their neighbor in. But for the most part, that, that's why a lot of that stuff happened. I mean, there, there were people like Nero and stuff like that that definitely had it out for the church. But uh, for the most part, um, that didn't happen. It was being turned in. And then when you were turned in, then you were kind of a criminal against Rome and against the Roman gods. And um, so it was seen as a, a, Jew, a Jewish cult, Christianity was in the beginning. And uh, then the church took it over and it's no longer a cult. Okay. Um, that's that's another show for another day. Um so anyway, the, the government says, oh, Waco's a cult. we got to go in there and do something. And then you had Ruby Ridge. Now, Ruby Ridge, I think it was Randy Weaver was uh, the main character in that whole thing um, on the right side. And the government went in there, and I think they tried to frame him for having a, a sawed-off uh, shotgun. Or try, trying to sell one, I think, is what they tried to get him on. And um, So they, they surrounded his property, you know. And he thought his wife and children were in danger, and he protect, tried to protect them. His wife ended up dying. She went out there to get one of the kids one day, and an FBI sniper shot her, killed the baby inside of her and her. Um, as far as I know, that person's never been taken to task for what he did. And uh, she didn't do anything. She was Randy's wife, you know. Um but, you know, they surrounded the compound. They were constantly, and, you know, he was seen as basically kind of like a separatist cult. You know, all the guy wanted to do was be left alone. And uh, the government doesn't like it when people want to be left alone. So they went after him, and that turned into a debacle. Okay? Now, you got this government that was going after cults because they called them cults. But then you got this government now that's creating a cult. And it's probably the biggest cult that's ever been created. And we call them Covidians or Branch Covidians. And um, it, it's it's really sad. You know, I without mentioning names, I, um, I know of a family. And the family, um, one of the one of the adults in the family has a has relatives that are a little mashuga and um, a, a little. <laughs> but um, anyway, I guess for Christmas or for the holidays, because uh, they're, they're, you know, the, the father-in-law is a Jew who really doesn't celebrate Judaism, but he's a Jew. And he, um, but I think he sets up a Christmas tree, so I, I don't know. But anyway, so fearing COVID around Christmas time, he had the kids come down to the end of the driveway. It's a long driveway. And he threw the presents to them. And then drove off. Now, what are those kids going to remember about this guy in the future that he's an ass? Um, so anyway, uh, I guess not too long ago, he came over to visit for uh, a birthday of one of the children. And he was leaving as we drove up, which was really good because I, you know, I really want to avoid confrontation. And, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to say something. And it's just going to throw a wrench into the whole works and upset everything. So I avoid people like that, you know. I just want to take them out and hit them a few times. I'd never do that, okay, but um, I do have to resist the urge, and I've been successful so far. Um, so when he came over, he was wearing a mask when he was with the adults, but when he went outside with the kids, he took the mask off because kids are safe. 
you know, kids don't get COVID, so they're safe. And uh, it was just a debacle. You know, it was it was a show. It was a political show because uh, he knows that his son is um, is a um, a conservative, and his son loves Jesus now, loves Yeshua, and they're doing anything they can just to make his life miserable. And they just don't realize that they're doing it. I don't, really don't think that they're, they realize they're trying to make his life miserable. So, um, anyway, that's that's what the the Covidians are like. You know, they're 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 two faced. They're um, they're contradictory to their own character. You know, um, let's just take the children. Well, the children can't get COVID, but the children have been around adults. How are they not carrying COVID if they've been around adults? You can be a carrier and not get it, right? They don't stop to think about things like that. And what about eye protection? You know, they say the nose because it's mucosal um, tissue. The mouth is mucosal tissue, but there's other mucosal tissue right here. Right there. That pink part is is, um, is uh, mucosal tissue. And COVID can get into that. And you know where that goes? The tear duct goes right down into your nose. And uh, so the COVID goes into your eye, goes into your nose, goes down to your throat, and bam, you got it, right? Um, for the most part, anyway, I don't know. Um, nobody will ever know how fake this really is or how fake, with the, the degree of lies that have been perpetuated in order to promote this uh, pandemic. But um, and this, but this is the way they're like, okay? Um, now... The two young kids that are, you know, blood relation basically to this man um, and his wife. Well, not to his wife, it's the second marriage. But, uh, you know, I want my grandkids, they're my step-grandkids, but they, they think of me as a grandpa and Brian too because he is their grandpa. But um, they love me and I want them to keep loving me. And I'm going to, you know, if they're going to do something wrong, I'm going to tell them, okay? But at the same time, I'm not going to stand at the end of the driveway or drive up and throw their presence at them. Because what does that say? It says, you're not worthy of me getting out of the car and giving you a hug and, and showing you that I love you. And presents don't show love. It shows obligation, fulfilled obligation, but it doesn't show love, okay? Um a lot of people make that mistake. You think that, you know, I, I get so frustrated on Valentine's Day. Show her you love her. Give her a diamond. You know, and I'm like, my wife knows that I love her. She, she knows that I love her because I'm here. I do things. I try to provide for us, you know, and stuff like that. So that, giving a diamond doesn't necessarily mean love. I mean, you know, you hear constantly about guys that beat their wives and then go out and buy them a nice present and give it to them saying, I'm sorry. You know, they don't love their wives. They're just guilty and they want their wives not to blab it or leave them. Um, so anyway, um, you know, giving gifts does not indicate love. It very rarely does. It, indicates like Christmas time it indicates obligation because that's what you're supposed to do that's the tradition you give presents at Christmas time I'm thankful for my dad because my dad never got trapped up in that okay my dad didn't like holidays because of the the um, financial burden that it was on people 
Um, he didn't even want presents for himself. You know, I, I gave them to him and he, he accepted them, but he told me I shouldn't have done that. And uh, so we settled on cards, you know, just give me a card. I said, okay, you do the same with me, although he didn't follow his own rules. Uh, but because um, that's, you know, dads love their sons and daughters and stuff, and they feel like um, like they, they have a parental instinct to want to do nice things for their children. And both, I was blessed with a mom and dad that were like that. Well, my mom still is. My dad's gone 20 years now, uh, 22 years. Um, but, um, well, it just hit me, 22 years. Um, so, you know, getting back to that guy, you know, throwing the, the present, you know, if I was a grandkid, I, that would always stick with me. You know, I remember my grandfather. He was a rough guy. He was a gruff guy. Um, he was a disciplinarian, thankfully. And uh, my dad was a disciplinarian, and he inherited that from his father. And, well, back then you wouldn't get arrested if you corrected your children and gave them a little swat on the butt, you know. But um, nowadays, you know, you look at it the wrong way, and they threaten to call the police. Um, not that I know that I've heard that. But um, so... Anyway, with this this cult-like uh, activity with the Branch Covidians, um, it's just uh, it's just a shame a shame to see that the government is doing what they accused other people of doing before, and even killed people for doing, um, as in the case of Waco. And uh, and what about Jim Jones? You know, um, why didn't the government go in and stop that? I mean, they'll go in now and tell churches what to do. Why didn't back then didn't they go in and stop it? Because back then there was freedom of religion. And I don't think anybody really knew that that was going to happen down in Guyana. But, you know, when you pick up your whole church and you leave and you go to another country, you know, that's a suspicious act. And you, you have to know that the government had to wonder what's going on down there. And I think they did. I, uh, there was a senator or something who went down there and got killed, actually, uh, the day that that all went down, when they all drank the Kool-Aid. Um, and that's what the, um, the liberals are doing nowadays, and some conservatives, too. They think uh, everything the government says is right. Um, everything the government says is holy. And uh, they're, they're replacing God's holiness with the government, and that, that's not right because the government is faulty constantly. Every day the government's making mistakes about something. Um, and the people that work in government, having worked in, in a state-run uh, institution myself, you see that they have a, a form of power, a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. But they also um, take on a form of godliness. And the higher they get up in, in administration, the more that the holiness comes and, and soon they become untouchable. And hence Kate Brown, uh, hence um, uh, hospital administration when I was working there. Um, nobody ever got in trouble for anything. I mean, I've been mistreated and I, I filed complaints and they just kind of disappeared into the ether, you know, and, and went away. And um, so that's another thing that drove me into retirement. I, I, I don't deserve to be treated like that. <laughs> but um, so... What, what lies ahead with the government? You know, what's going on? Well, there's a lot of people that are fighting it. This um, Pam Popper is fighting it. Uh, you got um, the American Center for Law and Justice, uh, Jay Succolo, and his son and his brother. 
um, and his staff were all fighting it. Um, oh, what was the other one? I can't remember. There's another organization that's, oh, Project Veritas is fighting it, uh, filing lawsuits constantly against what the government's doing, and rightfully so, because they're trampling on our rights. They're they're basically just shredding the Constitution. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of hope that the rumors about Trump making a comeback were, weren't rumors, but they were real, and I don't know if that's going to happen and I, th- I think by the time 2024 gets here, that it, the country's going to be so far gone that it's not it's not even going to be worthwhile for him to run. Um, if there's even still elections, I don't know. If there's even still a country, I don't know. You know, I know that um, in Ezekiel 38 or 39, it talks about God will rain down fire on Gog and Magog and those who dwell safely in the coastlands. Well, I think we do it, we dwell pretty safely in the coastlands, and so is there going to be a nuclear exchange? Uh, is the United States going to cease to exist in its former, the way it is right now? Um, uh, or is it going to be a kind of like a Mad Max world here in the United States, you know? And, uh, uh, you know, who knows? But um, And then the COVID vaccine, what is that going to do to the population? Um, we mentioned the other day, India. India, um, people are dropping dead left and right. I don't mean to be irrespectful by saying that that way, but that's what's happening. They're they're taking a vaccine, and now they're coming down with malaria. Well, malaria is common there, but it's you know it's it's harder to fight it when you've got a uh, COVID infection. They're coming down with plague. They're coming down with um, TB uh, a lot easier. So all the people that were against the vaccine who said that it was going to destroy the immune system. They weren't lying. It's doing that. It's destroying the immune system of a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people, but it's not over yet either. So who knows what's going to happen a year or two down the road. And I don't mean to scare anybody. I really do. Because if you're a believer, if you truly believe in Yeshua in your heart, he's promised to protect you from stuff like that. So I'm not worried about Christians so much, uh, or I should say believers in Yeshua. Um, But I am worried about people that don't know him because they're really in peril because, you know, um, what is that saying? Born twice, die once. Born once, die twice. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, There is a second death, and uh, if you know Yeshua, you don't experience that second death. And uh, that second death is eternal separation from, from God, from his love and his mercy and his grace. And quite possibly in a lake of fire for eternity with the devil and his angels. Um, those are the people I'm worried about. You know, a Christian or a believer in Yeshua dies, and if he's a firm believer and a, and a righteous man or woman, uh, they go immediately to be with Yeshua, you know, in, in that mansion that he's building for us. And I can't wait to get in there. <laughs> um, and I think there's animals in heaven, too. I think our dogs go there, too. But that's another story for another day. Um so anyway, I was I was looking through um, what was I looking through? Let me go back to it. I use Opera as a browser. And I know that some people probably don't like Opera, but I do, and I guess that's what's important, right? Um, let's see. No, no. Okay, I'm getting there. Here's an old article. Pope Francis calls for global governance and universal vaccines in a letter to Globalist Financial Summit. Yeah, I'd expect that of him. I really would. If that 
that guy is is probably the lead runner for the, the false prophet in um, in the time of Revelation. If he, he's kind of old, but you know, uh, they say evil never dies, so uh, he might possibly live long enough to fulfill that uh, that part. Okay, let's see. Here we go. I think I'm... Oh, no. But this is a good one. Harvard MIT scientist says COVID-19 man-made. Bill Gates says next pandemic will get attention as scientists warns of millions of dead due to vaccine flaw. Okay, so that's one article. Bill Gates is probably one of the most dangerous people um, in the world. I think if this is World War II, he'd probably be uh, hunted down as a uh, war criminal. And he is a war criminal. He wants you and me dead. He's uh, pro-genocide. And and anything that he can do to get that to happen, he's going to do. And he's got the money to do it, too. But, you know, God has his plans. Yeshua has his plans. And there's there's no getting around their plans, Yeshua's plans. So um, now it doesn't, you know, when evil happens in a world, God allows it to happen. Um, he doesn't make it happen. He allows it to happen. And a lot of times he'll turn it around and he gets glory for it. And other times um, it, it leads to uh, uh, revivals. And other times it just sends a lot of people to heaven. Um, so there's an article here. Project Veritas blows lid off of Facebook's global censorship of vaccine hesitancy. And this is at naturalnews.com. Um, and... Um, if you go there, you should be able to find this article. And then um, there's a, um, hold on a second. I think I had an idea. Let's do this. Okay. And then I'm going to open this back up. I don't know if you can see that. You know, it's like the refrigerator. You know, how do you know the light's on when you close the door? Okay. Let's see. Okay, not on when you close the door. Okay, so there it is. Project Veritas blows lid off of Facebook global censorship of vaccine hesitancy. And you go down here a little bit. Um, there's two whistleblowers that came forward to tell their stories to Project Veritas, relieve, uh, revealing that Facebook's goal is to drastically reduce user exposure to comments and posts that question the safety and efficacy of Chinese virus injections. And if you heard recently, um, Fauci has come out and he's investigating if it came from Wuhan. He knows darn well it came from Wuhan. He helped to fund Wuhan. So there's another one that's a war criminal. Um, Let's see. According to the whistleblowers, Facebook uses a tiered system to determine which content should be censored or buried and to what degree. Anything categorizes shocking stories, even if they describe true events that raise safety concerns about the injections, is automatically demoted on Facebook. I've had that happen. I've posted things, especially on YouTube. It it just doesn't even go. Um, Okay, so let's see. Now, here's the video, okay? And uh, let's just click on it real quick and show you. See, there's one of the whistleblowers right there, and it has nice captions and stuff, so you can read what he's saying, because they got him in a gravelly voice, so you don't know who he is. But um, they reveal some very interesting facts, and it's, uh, let's see, remember when Facebook also tampered? There was something in here that talked about, um, 
what's hypocritical about this, I remember when Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg was having an internal discussions at Facebook. He was talking to his staff about the vaccines actually changing people's DNA slash RNA and suggested skepticism about this last year. So here you had this guy that, um, and they have even, when you watch this, it has the, it has the video of him saying this. If you watch that video that I just showed you up there. Um, but now if you want to have such discussion, censorship for you, while well, free speech for him, yay, makes sense. Um, so it's a 22-minute video, and uh, I would hardly, highly recommend watching it. It'll really educate you as to what we're up against when it comes to people like Zuckerberg. This guy here, um, this, hold on a second. Let me do something here. Okay, let's go back to this real quick. This book here, Walking Among Us, and I know I show this book all the time. I really like this book. It really tells a lot. The Alien Plan to Control Humanity. Okay, and it talks about how they, they look so much like us now that it's almost impossible to distinguish them from um, from regular humans. Um, there are ways, and, and when you read the book, you kind of figure out what they are. But... Um, Anyway, we'll go back to this, and uh, let's see, go here, look at this guy, okay, does he look like a normal human being to you? He doesn't to me, there's something wrong here, there's something drastically wrong with this guy, um, I don't know, I just, I just can't place it. Um, if, if the alien hubid, hubrid uh, program is, is real, uh, this guy would fit into it really well. If you listen to him talk, it's almost like mechanical. And um, I don't know. I, I just have a really weird feeling about this guy. And uh, I did a, um, a study on him using the Hebrew Krematria, and it revealed a lot about him. <laughs> It's uh, we did a show on it. It's it's down probably on page two now, if, uh, but you can, you can watch it or listen to it actually. I, or I don't know. I don't know if I did a video or audio on that, but it's there and you can listen to it or watch it and uh, you'll see. Some, I'll talk about some of the words that it uh, it talks about uh, that that matches uh, numerical value for his name, and um, it's kind of shocking. It really is okay. So let me go back here and then go back here. Okay, there I am. Ta-da! I've returned. Okay, so that's Project Veritas. Okay. Now here's an article. Well, let me go back here because... There and there. Okay. Now, there's an article here um, talking about how people are actually flying to this country or coming here to receive the vaccine death shots while the CDC bribes dating apps. Oh, listen to this. Bribes dating apps to attach vaccination badges and super likes to dating profiles. So if you're looking for your significant other and you're vaccinated and you want somebody else that's vaccinated, they're going to... Well, actually, anybody that's super vaccinated will move right up to the top of the list is what this is suggesting. And, 
you know, so that turns unvaccinated people into second-class citizens. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there there are girls or guys out there that are looking for significant others that um, that are looking for people that you know they're not um, vaccinated and they're looking for people that aren't vaccinated too. So it could work, you know, both ways. Um, I know that I met my first wife and I met my current wife um, on Christian Mingle. And so I'm, I'm betting a thousand so far. <laughs> so, um, and we met because we, uh, my current wife and I, we met Barbara. You've heard about her. Uh, we met um, because she just happened to type in the word Yeshua into the, um, into the search thing or into her profile. And uh, when I was looking, her name popped up and I wrote to her and the rest is history. That's kind of funny though, because one of the things I guess there was another David that was trying to talk to her, and and uh, she didn't like him too much, so she got rid of him. But when she got rid of him, she got rid of all Davids. <laughs> so I was really interested in her, and I so I wrote to um, Christian Mingle, and I said, "Listen, I said I don't want to push this on anybody, but I, you know, this gal and I were talking, and we were really hitting it off, and I." I think she might have deleted me by accident. Can you write to her and ask her, you know, if she did? And if it's if she did, that's fine. And if she didn't, you know, I'd really like to get a hold of her. Well, they got a hold of her, and she, you know, we became friends again on, on Christian Mingle, and then uh, everything led to what we have today. Um, now, here's the, here's the thing here. Chicago restaurants echo no colored people. Uh, in other words, they're not saying that. But they're echoing that chapter of history by pushing unvaccinated people into designated areas and treating them like vermin. Uh, my solution for that is that just don't go there, you know. And, you know, what we've learned is we're cooking more at home. It's cheaper. It used to be we could go to um, a fast food restaurant, Carl's Jr., um, uh, Taco Bell or something like that if we wanted to because we eat that food every once in a while but we'd go there and you know you'd pay 10 bucks and two people could eat now you can't get out of these places for less than 20 bucks for two people um, you know and if you do that five times a week that's 100 bucks so it's uh, we've learned to, to cook more at home and my wife's an excellent cook and she made a three bean salad the other day that was out of this world I just finished it tonight I, once I start eating it I can't stop but it's something that's good for me. So, you know, we're doing the um, the Mediterranean diet and we're doing um, intermittent fasting. So things are things good are happening really quick. Um, yeah, that one. Um, it's important, but, you know, it's, I don't, I guess some hospital in India, they actually gang raped a woman and, uh, they put a tube down her so she couldn't scream and stuff like that. It's terrible. But that's what happens in, in some of these countries. It happens here, too. Don't get me wrong, but uh, some cultures, um, that kind of uh, treatment of women is a normal thing. Okay, Chinese flu versus American flu. Understanding the fake pandemic. That's probably a good one. Uh, video, Tucker Carlson blasts Fauci in the WHO, World Health Organization, media for lying about coronavirus lab leak last year. Remember when Fauci said, oh, it was a natural thing, it never came out of a lab? Well, yeah, he's going to say that because he paid for that lab. He uh, sent a lot of money to that lab. Um, and, and therefore, if it came out of that lab, he's implicated. Well, I think it's gone beyond his um, his scope now because he is implicated in it. And... Uh, Boy, if that guy goes down in flames, we ought to make that day a holiday. 
Okay, video. Portland State University college students donate money to Hamas to destroy Israel. Oh, well, they'll pay in one way or another. Hopefully they get straightened out before they die. Um, vaccine spike. Proteins are spreading more disease. And we've heard more and more about this, right? Um, that these people, I talked about it earlier, but that guy at church, I shook his hand. Um I think the people that are wearing masks should be the unvaccinated only because we have to protect ourselves from these people. Um, they're walking around virus factories and uh, who knows what uh, mutations are happening inside their bodies. They could, you know, um, maybe, they'll, you know, maybe they'll be like the bumblebee. They'll, they'll get, they'll sting one person and they'll die. You know, it's, that's possible. And again, if, I don't want to frighten anybody. If you if you got this thing and you're a believer, then you know you you were you were coerced into doing it, you know, or, or severely uh, inculcated into doing it. You're you know you felt that if you didn't do it, you're going to be hurting other people. That's what they told you, and and you didn't want to do that because you love your loved ones and don't want to get them sick. And uh, they used their propaganda, and, and you believed it, and. You know, people believe propaganda every day. I'm not going to fault people for believing propaganda. But, um, you know, like I said, the Lord protects his own. Yahweh protects his own. And uh, so just remember that, okay? I'm not trying to condemn anybody or make anybody feel guilty. It's just uh, there are people out there that uh, are, are, are COVID Nazis. And, uh, you know, that's what we're talking about tonight Our, and last the last show we did, um, that these people will demean you and uh, try to embarrass you in front of other people and to try to get you to take the vaccine or um, to make you feel bad about not taking the vaccine. And uh, there may be a day when those of us that didn't will be the only ones around. I don't know if that's true, but who knows? Um, Investigation. Many cryptocurrencies are nothing but massive Ponzi schemes promoted to pay influencers. I'm trying to get out of mine right now. Um, it lost like $500 in like a week. It's going back up, and as soon as it does, I'm, I'm out of there. Um, WHO warns that the coronavirus pandemic is far from over despite massive immunization drives. Be afraid, very afraid. Well, yeah because they're turning the people into super spreaders and uh, and, and they're also turning them into uh, maybe giving them an expiration date and uh, who knows so anyway just 20 companies produce more of ha- than half the world's plastic waste and that's that's a shame they were doing um a video the other day and I was watching a documentary about uh, the diving uh, the deepest oceans in the Marianas Trench over by the Philippines um, and they showed uh, you know the video from, from the thing down at the bottom and uh, guess what was there it was a plastic bag um, I don't know I'm not against plastic bags I use when I used to get them I used to use them all the time I'd get them at the store, then I'd double them, and I was using them to take my lunch to work and other things to work and then bring my stuff home. I'd get, you know, five or six months out of uh, a double plastic bag for that. It was just an easy way to carry things. And uh, when I got rid of them, I would take them and recycle them. Um, you know, m- most of the countries that, that are guilty of this polluting aren't the United States. 
Um, you know, we've done our share, I'm sure, but, you know, uh, China, you know, they just throw stuff into the river. Um, I don't know if Japan does so much. Um, but India, you know, people throw everything into the Ganges um, and other rivers. Uh, so, you know, it's not necessarily the United States. Uh, they have these things everywhere in the world, and people aren't responsible in every country, like kind of like we are here. Um and again, cryptocurrency prices raises questions about their stability. So, uh, let's see. I guess this John Cena um, happened to say that Taiwan was a country, and he insulted the Chinese, the, the Chicoms, and uh, now he's got to grovel and say, I'm sorry, Chicoms, I didn't mean to say that. Um Okay, that's let's see. Involved in funding research to create transfer or use of pandemic pathogens. That looks like an interesting article. These are all things that you can find on natural news, okay? Now, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. I found a couple of things on here that were kind of uh <laughs> less than or less than accurate or more than strange. Um Here's one that's pretty blatant. Everyone vaccinated from COVID will die, warns French biologist. Um, Australia, gripped by rat plague of biblical proportions. That's interesting. Uh, and, you know, these articles are getting older and older. Anyway, uh, this is a very good news source. Um, natural news. Okay, so I would highly recommend that you check them out. I find things are all... Actually, they send me news... Uh, or emails telling me when they posted new things. And uh, okay, here we got vaccine Taurus. Uh, this is the one I kind of uh, questioned, um, saying that they're injecting uh, magnetic particles into you or nanobots that are um, that are magnetic, and people are putting. I saw one of them, and, and I got to tell you, um, I got to show you this. So let me do this, and then do this. Okay. Um, they were showing, uh, they were sticking those refrigerator magnets on people uh, where they got the injection, and they were rubbing it like this on the skin. And there's a lot of things you can rub on your skin, um, kind of like rubbing it on a balloon. You create a static electri electrical charge, and things will stick to themselves, okay? You can do that with a balloon. Rub a piece of paper on a balloon five, five or six times, and then leave it. It'll stick to the balloon. Skin's the same thing. It'll stick to your skin. So, you know, I'm dubious about that claim. I really am. And um, anyway, so um, I don't know how much further to go here because I'm, well, I'm not tired or anything, but i got to get this thing up and running on uh, on the video format on uh, Rumble, and then i got to turn it into a uh, an MP3. And this program, I, I don't know how to do it, but this program records everything in 5.1. So what I got to do is I got to turn off all the channels except for the first channel and then save it as an MP3. And then I got to, you know, in, in uh, Audigy, or is it, a, no, it's not, is it Audacity? I don't know. It's some, um, the uh, Adobe program for sound. And um, 
and then I got to adjust levels and everything else. So that's the hardest part of uh, using this particular program. Um, it's a nice program, and I wish that Brian and I could use it together to interface. Um, we are talking about, um, in the future, uh, using Zoom in, instead of uh, Facebook. Um, but that's something that we're going to have to doctor around with and, and see how it works and everything else. So um, I think the quality of the video would be a little better than it is on Facebook, and hopefully anyway. And uh, and again, we can't do a live show because I, I've looked at that, and live shows, you know, I think this is it a Rumble, I think. The cheapest... Um, the cheapest program on Rumble is uh, to do that is $100 a month, and then it's 500 and then it's $1,000 a month. And I'm sorry, but I don't have that kind of money, and if I did, I wouldn't pay it. Um, but Gab, if, if you haven't been on Gab, get on Gab, because there's a lot of good stuff on Gab. It's kind of like uh, a free face, a Freedom's Facebook, basically. And um, you can get a free account, or you can, you can pay for it and help contribute to paying for Gab. Um, I haven't been able to do that yet, but the first opportunity I get, I'm going to, because they have something called Gab TV, and um, it's kind of like uh, what Facebook was, or no, uh, YouTube, and um, a lot of people go to that, and I want to use that as a format for the show, uh, another format, uh, in addition to what we do already, and um, so I'm looking into that, and uh, th if that's meant to be, that'll come about. <clears throat> um so anyway, we, we've got lots of plans for this show. We really do. We, um, you know, we, we see things getting better. Um, we we have a, quite a few followers. I think uh, 2,600 on uh, on Rumble, and um, that's amazing. It really is. And uh, I think one one of the the videos, which is actually an audio that we did a while back. Um, got something like 127,000 views or 267,000 views. And I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. Um, but it was a topic. And, um, you know, if you want, this might be a good idea. Um, if you guys want to send us email or just write uh, something in the comment section of this video about the kind of things you want to hear, because we... We're just going on what, you know, we're finding in the news and stuff like that. And, of course, you know, there's biblical stuff that we get into. And that might not be everybody's cup of tea, but we're not going to stop doing that because of that reason. But um, we want to be able to, to, to put stuff online that interests people, you know. We've noticed that things that deal with corona is interesting. A lot of people watch those. Um you know, there's sometimes the alien subject, the Nephilim subject is um, a lot of people watch that stuff. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but uh, when we started out, it was Jim Wilhelmson and I. And, um, you know, that, that kind of went back and forth for the last 10 years. But uh, there was times when he, you know, he felt a calling to do something else and he would leave and then want to come back. And that was fun. And we, we did that. I'm getting the, uh, oh, man, I just messed it up. <laughs> okay. I don't need to read anything else anyway. Um, but uh, so, you know, everything was the Nephilim, the fallen angels, um, Hezekiah, um, 
United States being Babylon and stuff like that. And those are all wonderful subjects. But especially with the UFO and the Nephilim stuff, you know, Jim and I, when we started, there was probably only about, this is about 2000. I didn't know Jim back then, but we, we started working on this stuff. And uh, we were kind of paralleling each other, even though we didn't know each other. And um, so in 2005, when we finally met, we realized, hey, we've been doing the same work. Why don't we just get together and do it together? You know, that's what we did. And uh, 2010, we started the radio show. And, um, and it was it had a variety of names. So when we used to do count, not we didn't do counseling, we did advising. And uh, when we used to do that, we had a, a ministry called PAPSI, um, Paranormal um, <laughs> P. APSI, an alien abduction problem solvers international. That's what it was, and uh, and that went quite well for a while, but it kind of ebbed off. Um, it's getting to the point with with alien abduction where um, the it's almost like the people we could have helped, wanted to help, we helped, and now the people that are into it still are. Um, are into it because they like it and um, we're still available you know if you're having problems with uh, alien abduction um, and stuff like that basically what chases them away is the name of Yeshua or Jesus and that proves to us that it's a it's a spiritual there's a spiritual component to it and um, so we were involved in that for quite a while anyway um, so we started this in 2010 and it's been going for uh, t- over 10 years now. And uh, so what happened was we were, like I said, we were talking about the Nephilim and the fallen angels and stuff like that. People were, you know, flocking to the radio show. And and one day, you know, and this is this shows you the commitment that we have for, um, for our Lord, um, Yeshua, um, is that we, both of us heard, you know, now we didn't hear voices in our head or anything like that, but we felt the unction that, you know, since 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 2000, you know, this Nephilim whole Nephilim Genesis six thing had really perpetuated to where there were so many people talking about it that um, we felt that you know we could let that go for the most part. We still talked about it, but we thought that we could let it go and and start talking about preparing people for the times that are coming. And it was funny because we we had quite a good audience, and when we um, when we switched over to uh, you know the, the preparatory uh, shows, um, we lost like seventy percent of our our listeners, which meant that they were listening because they wanted to hear sensational things, and I understand that. Okay, I really do, and uh, maybe that was done for a reason. I don't know. Only only the Lord knows what the whole reason for that. He had us do that, but. You know, over the past few years, we've built up quite an audience. And um, so, you know, that's why we, you know, Brian and I now, and Jim, when he was here, we would always bring kind of a message at the end that, you know, there's, that all things are, um, that there's hope in all these things. And that, you know, you don't have to go it alone. You know, Yahweh and Yeshua would just love this to come into your life and help you to get through all this stuff. And I won't say that much of that tonight because we do it on most of the shows anyway. But um, so, you know, we were, we had a fidelity towards the Lord and we listened to him and we did what he wanted us to do. And, and the people that were just there for the sensational stuff basically walked away. 
but the people that wanted to find out, you know, how am I going to survive this thing when, um, when it's all over or when it's happening? And, uh, they kind of stayed around and it's been nice. And, uh, they're the foundation that we built the show, rebuilt the show on, or I should say Yahweh rebuilt the show on. Do I really look that tired? I'm not. Uh, maybe it's the light getting to me. Anyway, um, so that's kind of a, a little overview of uh, why why we do what we do. You know, we, we're out to help people. That's all we want to do. You know, and like I told Brian, I told Jim, and we all agreed, you know, and, and Eric and everybody. And sorry, Eric, I didn't mention you if you watch this. I uh, You're an integral part of the show, and I just... Sorry, I didn't mean to blow you off like that, but, um, so, you know, that's, that's why we, we do it. And we, our philosophy has always been, if we just had one listener and that's all we had, it would still be worth it. And, and plus, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I enjoy getting on Monday nights with Brian and I enjoyed getting on with Jim and with Eric and, and there had to be a parting of the ways there, but that, that happens from time to time. And, um, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, Brian totally loves doing this. He, uh, you know, he's always, you know, at the minute we get off the doing the show, he's like, what are we going to talk about next week? What are we going to talk about next week? <laughs> so, uh, like I said, this, uh, coming Monday, uh, that was at the 31st, it's going to be Memorial Day, I guess. Um, we're going to have Gordy Tong on. That's going to be real interesting. I'm be- what I'm going to do is I'm going to say Gordy. You know, I'm going to introduce Gordy, and I'm going to say, okay, let it go, you know, and then he's just going to run with it. I know he is, and uh, that's the way Gordy is when he, he gets on. He likes to, uh, you know, I'm going to give him a blank check to talk whatever he wants to talk about, and I know I can feel safe doing that. Um, i got to get a hold of Jonathan Gray again. I kind of feel bad because, you know, when we had him on the last time, there were, there were people that... Uh, you know, every time Jonathan started to say something, it seemed like there were other people that were involved in a, in a show that you know, that would interject, but would interject in a very long fashion, a, a long time, you know. And and I don't feel that Jonathan got to say everything that he wanted to say. And uh, I usually like to give guests like that a free check, you know, just to just to go for it, you know. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you feel. And you know. We talk all the time. <laughs> when we have a guest on, I don't want to talk. I want them to talk. I mean, I'll ask questions and stuff like that or agree or disagree or whatever. But, um, you know, we have a guest on. They're a guest. And when you have a guest in your house, you cater to your guest, right? You ask them if they want water, if they want something to eat, um, if they want to watch something special on television, or if they just want to sit around and talk. You give them the venue, you know. Um, or you could go to their house and you could have the venue, you know. But um, this business of, uh, you know, interjecting every other sentence, you know, it's, I just don't, we listened to um, something the other day, it had to do with health, a doctor was on uh, one of the radio stations and he was talking about um, using heat to battle infections, that if you heat up the core temperature of a person, um, like to a fever what you would have during a fever and leave it there for a little while. It actually helps your body to kill these, um, 
these organisms that are in you. And he was talking about COVID, that it might be something they can use for COVID and a lot of other different kinds of diseases, or as you say, infections. Because COVID is an infection, it's not a disease. A disease is something like MS, um, tuberculosis turns into a disease because it's not curable. Um, anything that basically you have to treat your whole life or, or for a longer period of time is the disease. Everything, a lot of the other things are infections. And you get over infections, your body fights it and you win. You don't get over, um, for the most part, unless they come out with cures for cancer and MS and um, cystic fibrosis and other things, Lou Gehrig's disease. And he was talking about this working for Lou Gehrig's disease, too, that he's, you know, it's all theoretical right now, but um, they're going to start working on it. Wouldn't that be something if they just had to heat up your body temperature for a day or so to help your body fight this stuff and it was gone? <sighs> Such a simple thing, you know. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. It's almost an hour and a half we've been on. Maybe it's a good time to get off. Um get off the, the program and um well i hope that you know i provided some answers tonight i hope i that you know if you were hungry you got fed um that if you had questions they got answered i know when i reviewed this information i got a lot of answers or maybe you had questions and or you had an idea and you thought nobody else knew it but it confirmed it to you i like when that happens um so what I'm going to do is uh, it's 11:30. I could get to bed by 12 and, and have a good night's sleep until dogs wake me up at 4:30. Um, but uh, anyway, you know, you all be blessed and and have a wonderful uh, week. What's left of it and a good weekend. And we'll be back on Monday with Gordy Tong, and uh, I should have that show uh, up and running by probably about midnight on Monday, maybe a little later. I, I do late nights on Monday nights. Um, but anyway, in your prayers, you know, keep us in your prayers, uh, Barbara and I, and, and also Brian, because they're going through a rough time right now, too. And um, your prayers are always appreciated. And uh, just pray for financial solutions that the Yahweh will um, provide and, and, and direct us in, in directions that we can go. So that we're in his will and that we don't do stupid things and get out of his will and suffer the consequences for being out of his will. And I am probably the biggest person that's ever done that. Um, anyway, so be blessed and have a good week. And um, until we meet again, uh, just may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and, and be gracious unto you. And may he bring you peace in Yeshua's name. Amen and amen. Good night.